When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome in to 11 Personnel. Live on the road from the NFL Combine in Indianapolis, Indiana. I'm Nick Roush with Adam Luckett, and I don't know why I decided to put a big voice on, but here I am putting a big voice on to talk to you about some football. It's a pretty good interest there, Nick. Yeah. I didn't know you had that big voice in you. Maybe it's because we're watching a little Big Ten basketball. We got the Hoosiers and Rutgers fighting Knights of Piscataway on. I, I don't I don't know why I'm so enthused, but uh, yeah, just had to get my big voice on. We we did do some tinkering, so hopefully the di- the the technicalities are not too difficult. Yes, yeah, so it was about twenty five minutes of <laughs> test one two three Omaha ABC, and I think we. Figured it out at least. See, figured it out good enough. That's what it is. Like it is. I we we tested for so long. I wanted to bring the hurricane for whenever it came time to actually talk. So, folks, you got the hurricane uh, live from the combine. We're going to be doing two days of uh, podcast talking for y'all uh, while we're up here uh, hanging out with some of the future NFL Wildcats. But uh, before we talk about the combine, like it, and oh, there goes the sensor light. Right. <laughs> Sensor lights in our hotel. I feel like we're at the when Dwight Schrute adds the, you know, what I'm talking. He, he this is like this lights. hotel room is like when Dwight Schrute cuts back at the office. Yeah, yeah. You've got to pay to use the restroom. We've got single ply toilet paper. Um, <laughs> yes, but uh, we only have about three lights in this. Oh yeah, big there, hotel room. Two, two light bulbs in our our room right now. Uh, but we're we're we are living the sweet life. It's just the La Quinta sweet life. The, the only sweet life there is. Not, not the JW Marriott, but hey, we're living large. We're having a good time in Indy. We're going to talk about some of the things that have happened in Indy, especially the fashion trends. The fashion trends are what really have piqued my interest like it. But we got to start with the marathon press conference from Lexington on Tuesday. Like it, I've done many a press conference over the years. That is definitely the longest I've ever been a part of. An hour and 40 minutes talking to all four coaches. We hit the century mark, 100 minutes. Four football coaches start off 20-plus minutes with Mark Stoops. I'm still not – I don't know how to pronounce this guy's last name. Slacks gave something else. What? Sacks gave? Slacks gave one pronunciation. Skangarello. And then Mark gets up there. Skangarello. Yeah. He added a – he made it an extra Italian. Are there a bunch of Italians in like Youngstown or something? So he felt like he had to go extra. Maybe I don't know. That's probably what it is. Like Mark switched some letters there. He he the went end. like Skangariello. Yeah, so I was like, what? So I, I still don't know <laughs> how to pronounce this guy's he, name. He um, I think he goes mostly by Coach Rich, so we can just call him Coach Rich to make it simple. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can spell it now. That took a little bit. Mm-hmm. What? Wasn't as wasn't as hard as DJ Uyagale. That one was pretty difficult <laughs> to get down. Rich, I got uh, about ten tries. I was then I was good to go. Um, but yeah, we got we got to hear from everybody. I guess what were your overall thoughts of that that marathon? Um, um, the Tuesday, biggest the days running in, into each other. Now. Yeah, I guess that yeah, was Tuesday because uh, I mean we went there and back, and then we were at Indy quickly at thereafter. There was there was a lot happening on Tuesday. First off, we had a very happy Stoops. Secondly, they, they really did drive home the point of like, this guy knows his stuff. The biggest one for me was that 
he, Yenzer and Coach Rich, they are learning UK's terminology and not the other way around. To, that's how much of a seamless transition. You know, you, they're, they're using all the buzzwords. But for the players on the team, they aren't learning a new offense this spring. They have a different coach calling the stuff, and they're going to emphasize different things, and they're going to hit it harder. And and they're they're you know they're different people in different roles, but for the most part, they're sticking to with what they know. And as Stoop said, you know, this time a year ago, we didn't know if we could go under center by the time spring practice ended. So we're much farther ahead. We don't have to to go and reinvent the wheel. And then to echo that sentiment, Rich said a lot of things that like Liam would say when it comes to. Liam talked often about, uh, you know, I want to be a caddy for my quarterback. I'm just here to help these guys out. I'm tr- I'm here to figure out the best plays for my players and run it, run to their strengths. And Rich said the same thing. He's like, we we don't know what it's going to be just yet. I like the pieces here, but my job is to set these guys up to have success. It's not a one size fits all approach. So, in that regards, I, I really like that. I really like the continuity aspect. I like Yenzer. Uh, Working with him previously, I think that helped sold Rich on coming here. And, and then I also like the familiarity that Stoops has with his brother, that Mike has with the program from like a, you know, he, he kind of gets what Mark's doing. He understands what Kentucky football has been all about in recent years. And with Greg Minuski, the quality control coach, even with Summerall even, Mike Stoops is a good old head to bounce off Brad White. So that that was a lot condensed into a little bit of time bucket. So feel free to take whatever you want from that and, and completely run with it. <laughs> yeah, mine was a few things. This we're like Mark Stoops giddy. He's never really been like this. I, I can't really remember. Like he's very much comfortable in his own skin, comfortable with where he's at, where everything sits, has a level of excitement, I think, about this team, um, feels very good about this team. So that's – I mean, we've spoken with him twice, signing day and this. Um, so, like, that's uh, – we'll, we'll see maybe when they get practicing if that, that starts to change a little bit. But he's just like a kid in a candy store up at the podium almost. It's been – He's cracking jokes. Yeah. You know, like – Joking on himself. Yeah, call himself fat. Right. Yeah, you know, a lot not, of fat jokes. Even questions he thinks during the season, like he probably would give us more snarky answer thanks to the bad question. He even is given a joke like, oh, like that's a weird question, but I'll answer it. Uh, <laughs> oh, the combine one. Yeah. You so we talk about all of them? Well, okay, I will. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, he's definitely, like, in a good spot, it seems like. Um, second thought was, like, what we the assumption was true, they want to stick with the McVay Shanahan scheme. So they just they went and um, went and looked at both rosters, and they stuck on the Forty ers roster and got somebody off of there. Um, it also sounded like uh, Scangarello kind of stole the job from Rob Calabrese. Oh, love that too. Like right. I mean, that's a little reading in between the lines, but um, there was he, definitely something out there where Kentucky was it didn't think he would be interested. And it definitely made it sound like he or his people reached out to Kentucky. And then it happened fast once that happened. Yeah, yeah. Talked like, to him on the phone, interview, bada boom, bada bing. Sounds like. New offensive coordinator. So the hire happened on Friday. Sounds like. He talk, He reached out maybe Wednesday or Tuesday. Yeah, because the Calabrese thing, I put that out there, I think, Tuesday night. It was Tuesday night, so yeah. So he probably found out Wednesday and then. Because they even mentioned, uh, Skangarillo mentioned, like, yeah, uh, it was a guy that used to work for me. You know, we had kind of a connection. And then uh, you add the Yenzer aspect. And I think y- you, the multiple connections, and Rich was like, oh, I don't have to answer Trey Lance, Jimmy G questions anymore? Like, yeah, let's do it. it, it look, at it, it's almost kind of like how the dominoes had to fall a certain way for Liam to go to L.A., Feels very similar with getting rich to Kentucky. Yeah, and so I think that was part of the reason Stoops was so giddy was because they got a guy this accomplished. Now we could go back and forth on everything, but you know this guy's been in the NFL for a long time. He's been an offensive coordinator in the NFL. If, if you, you look at the candidates, he was the outlier. Like he, he right? He was clearly ahead above the most. more the less. I mean, less proven or more proven than the rest of the candidates, right? 
much higher floor. So obviously that. Um, next thing is, I think when there's the next coordinator search, there won't be a search. Mm-hmm. I think Scott Wilbur's probably in line to get the offensive coordinator job next, and I think Mike Stoops is probably going to get the DC job. Pretty wild how explicit Mark was in that too. Mm-hmm. Like normally he makes us do a little bit of work, but he was pretty clear in that I want these guys to. Yeah, he wanted two that. Years. He wanted that message out there. And then, cause, and he's like, because we, we, we aren't going to be doing this every offseason. So right. I guess that is important to have that out there. But the goal is have these guys for two years, teach the other folks, and so that way the guys on the staff can move up. And it worked well with Matt House, Brad White. That only took a year because White had like seven or eight under his belt from the NFL. Woodward didn't have that an, enough experience. Yeah, I mean, he just he was a pit quality control coach. But before that, he was at UMass for a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, and so and then I mean Mike Stoops is already talking like the defensive coordinator. Um, he gets asked about his position and he just starts naming off the ro- where they're at and positions on the roster. So well, JJ's getting healthy. Yeah. So just well, what did he call Yusuf too? He did not call him Yusuf. No, it wasn't like <laughs> no. it was like it was you something, but it wasn't Yusuf. Yafasa. Or- <laughs> yeah, it was. It was not Yusuf. Hey, a for effort, Mike. You did. You tried. Right. So- also, Mike. Mark got brevity in that family. Nobody else did. <laughs> I do I do appreciate Mike Stoops. I asked him about his time at Alabama. If no one's seen it. I wrote something about it um, that posted Wednesday morning on Kentucky Sports Radio. So check definitely check that out. But I, I wanted to ask him just kind of like, what was the time? What was it like being at Alabama? Why would you go there? And why do you think, you know, got coaches like you are going there? And he pretty much saying, "Well, I'm not going to elaborate on Alabama." What and then spent ten minutes elaborating <laughs> on Alabama. So I do, I do appreciate if, if that's what it takes to get a question answer, I will take the shade. I, yeah, I will, yeah. I will take it. Well, but you know what though? Maybe he said that he doesn't deserve any credit for toughening Mark up because Mom babied him. But, but maybe that's why Mark's quiet. He couldn't get a word in with all those <laughs> damn stupes. Yeah. So. um yeah, I think that was more so like he didn't probably because that's like competition in the league, so he probably didn't want to say a lot. But obviously, he took a lot out of that, um, and so yeah, that 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 stuck out. And then like, I don't know, like, I, we don't know much about Zach Enzer, man. Like his college career was kind of up and down. Mm-hmm. He was in an air raid offenses, bounced around, w- went to Kansas. It was Kansas. Yeah. Then had to take an off-field road role, excuse me, at SMU with Sonny Dykes. Then gets an NFL opportunity, um, and I guess it went well. He stuck in that organization for three years, um, a successful organization. But it kind of all adds up. I mean, when you look at his resume, where he came from, the, his personality type, <laughs> like that—that's you know—and the recruiting's a big question with that, obviously. And how he is long term, but I mean, it's like he checks every box you could want checked, and I mean, from a resume, I mean, from um, relationships with coaches on the staff to, uh, I mean, he's like, like they pretty much said he's Schlarman Junior, mm-hmm. um, and especially re- replacing what they replaced, um, which would, gets me to our last last point. There's no love loss with oh god the Eric Wolford even... departure. I could have coached that line. <laughs> that yeah, was a I line mean, from Stoops. Throw barbs. That old high school rivalry is back. Oh yeah, Ursuline well, and, and Cardinal Mooney is back. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean they're they're pretty pissed about how that all went down. But in, in to add to to the thing about Yenzer, where you're not entirely sure, but he does say things the right way, straightforward. He has the fun kind of um, like you, he's probably going to jump your ass, but he's also. Seems like a pretty normal guy. At the same time, I don't know. Like he does have that vibe about him, and he also has Drake Jackson to help him out too. And yeah, it's gonna help a ton. There's it, no you denying that. It's, it's it's one of those things you rarely get a GA hire to have so much effusive praise for somebody. But and, and it's not just because as Stoop said he's known him since he was in the eighth grade. Like. Drake is going to be a guy like it that I think we're going to be interviewing like twenty years from now. Still, you know, like he, he, he's 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 going to be doing this stuff for a long time. Yeah, I mean, when he was playing, he just kind of sounded like a coach. The way he talked, the way he kind of analyzed football. He also he sounds like my buddy Saint Rita guy Weigel. They were both 
they're both big guys. Both yeah. Linemen. I know Waggle. Yeah. Shout out Andrew Waggle. Dude, they sound so much alike. It it freaks me out. I, I every time I interview Drake, I'm like, dude, Waggle, what the hell? Why do you sound so much like him? <laughs> yeah. So uh, deja vu. Shout out Saint Rita. Fish fries are back this weekend. Like I know. It? You're gonna be you're gonna be getting that fish. Hey, Saint Rita has a hell of a fish sandwich. Their sides not great at all. No, sides aren't great, but so, the fish sandwich delivers. Which like I feel like sides are a very easy thing to like church up. No, they they did the hard part. Oh, and so they're just like we're gonna go get not just regular Costco. We're gonna get low rent Costco. Saint Paul, we do sides good at Saint Paul. Fish what? maybe fish is good, not as great as Saint Rita's, but. The sides, you got, you got, you got to up the side game a little bit. Like it, I guess you're just doing the the fish with the beer. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you gotta. The fish is the most important part, though. Like, if I'm going to fish for, I want a good fish sandwich. Like sides are, I mean, the sides are what they are. It's, it's fries, it's macaroni and cheese, green beans or baked beans. Like, it's not. Yeah, it's see, hard to mess that up, I'm even if it's not though. great. I, I like a good coleslaw. Yeah, see, I, yeah, I'm not a big coleslaw guy, but yeah, you, you, you got to have a good onion ring. It's fish fry season. Yeah. Yeah, the, the, just need the the can the can beer, good fried fish sandwich. What's what's weird? See, I did a lot of fish fry sampling uh, prior to the pandemic, and some places will even have draft beer, the little kegerator action. And Tayrid has done that. They've opened the draft before. When they they the, the, it's like the cooler kegs. You know yes. what I'm talking about? Yes. And th- that stuff that's a headache and a and a cup right there (laughs) no doubt you already can feel it the next day as it's going you know what you're signing up for it's like (laughs) they almost need you almost need to sign a release form saying you're gonna have a killer headache tomorrow it's it's like i don't want to hear about it the european cigarettes that have like the deformed lungs on the packets like just just put like a headache on the cup and uh so i know what i'm getting into yeah no doubt love fish fries american tradition it fish fries too also remind me of this is i know we're getting a little bit into the weeds of the louisville uh, catholic community but uh growing up with the tvs on the wheels that had the the little strap over the top so it didn't fall on kids that watching jefferson pilot sec tournament basketball and then going straight to the fish fry and having that television down in the cafeteria Mm -hmm. Well, you know, mom's getting the, the food ready and all all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. R- really, just I could, yeah, scratches all the nostalgic. Itches. I can see it right now. Well, I Tom know exactly Hammond, what you're talking about. Larry Conley, mm-hmm. Tom B- Hammond, Buzz. Larry Conley. I just all time, all time broadcasting combination. I, I can see right. I can see it all right now. Twelve year old Adam Luckett, <laughs> Guard Angels cafeteria. <laughs> you mentioned Buzz. We were talking. I don't know why we were talking about JP Spout, uh, Jefferson Pilot Sports, but you're right. Buzz was always staring directly. He <laughs> <into the laughs> was. Man. His eyes were just that dude. Could you not just? I guess you could. You. It was always. He was. It was. Uh, it was like. It was either sneaky hot in Knoxville, Tennessee, or he was sweating beads in Columbia, South Carolina, and it felt like every Saturday I turned it on, and that's what twelve twenty two kickoff. And then there would be the random game in the swamp, and you could, you know, you you, we know how hot it gets in the swamp. You're just sweating on the couch watching it. It's so oh, hot. Oh man! But Buzz just like squinting into the camera. Yeah. Because <laughs> hey, in their little pregame show. You can't cover up the 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 you know you can't use your sunglasses. It it was the best on the football. They used to just be the Daves because it was Dave Buzz Baker, Dave Neal, Dave Neal, and Dave Archer. I believe was the yeah, the Dave color Archer. commentator's yeah. name. Yeah. So they were just the Daves. Was he any relation to the Archer that was the UK defensive coordinator, Mike Archer? I would assume some. They're both in college football like that, but yeah, yeah I don't yeah. I don't know. Oh, man. Oh, Rutgers well, hanging tough here. That was a stroll down memory lane. Yeah, um, good times. Hey, Scangarilla. One thing I wanted to mention about him, too. His big big Eli Drinkowitz energy? Okay. There's that, but also I think – so Barstool does this trivia show where they morph two faces into one, and you've got to guess the celebrity. It's, like a, it's usually a girl and a guy, and you've got to guess each one of them. He's Shannon Dawson and Eli Drinkwitz, like morphed into one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's got kind of Shannon's He's, block head. Yeah, well, it's like, I was going to say like the block chin of Shannon Dawson. Yeah, that jawline, the block yes. head. And then he's kind of a nerd, too. Like, he didn't glasses. play sport. Yeah, right. the glasses. Didn't play, didn't play college football. Uh, you know, Stoops is like, he's just been holed up in his office ever since he got here. <laughs> so, like. My God. He's throwing out anal- um, 
points, points per possession, and I'm like, hell yes, this is my guy. <laughs> Oh, that dude, he, he, he's got some bags under his eyes, a bunch of empty coffee cups on his desk. Yeah. Uh, man. Uh, all in all, I'm, I'm, uh, I liked what I heard. I liked what I saw Tuesday. Um, I, and, and really, a lot of my early impressions, like we've, we've been paying attention long enough now to, to feel like you can kind of know. But you don't know until you watch it out there. The only one that I was ever, the most wrong first impression I've ever had was Brad White. And that's because I couldn't figure out his Rhode Island accent. It's a very, <laughs> just like, what, what is this country? Is he, like, what, what is, what is it's he? It's like Pat Bradley on the SEC Network. <laughs> He's got this Arkansas, Massachusetts hybrid accent that is just captivating. Unlike, Every time he's on TV, I cannot turn it off. I'm unlike, just like fascinated by his, how, the, how he talks. Like if I ever met him, I would want to have probably a three-hour conversation with him. He's one of one. Then I want I would want to see, you know, because when you when you do that, when you have a couple beers, mm. like which way does he go? Does he go all all Massachusetts, all <laughs> all Boston Southside, or does he go all the way dig all the way into that you know that Walmart Arkansas? Country twang. <laughs> oh, well, I see. This is why I'm glad we waited until uh, after dinner, record a little bit later. Yeah, we get off on these tangents. So back to Rich Scangarello. Um, but before I get there, I just want to say, like, we entered this carousel for Kentucky. Really, I think there was a lot of reason for concern because um, I think it would have been very easy to take a step back. At all of these positions, one timing, timing obviously that's on all of them. the big one. Other than Summerall, right? Yeah. And so, but I don't think they took an obvious step back on any of them. Um, I think you could. I think an easy sell could be they they stayed lateral, mm-hmm. even even on on all three. Because when you look at Rich Gangarello, like Nick, if you kind of dig into his time at the Broncos, they said opening script was usually pretty good. Kind of like Liam. Which was – but adjustments in game, like he needed some work, which was kind of – that was kind of my report on Liam. I thought, Now, I think it – like college, I think that's a little bit different because the game – like the players aren't as good and the coaches aren't as good, so there's not as much mm-hmm. chess match going on for, well, for the most part. And also I think that's like a growing pains as a play caller thing. Right, like right. You learn that. But if you can – like I said during the season, if you – that's to me like – like if you can – if you can sit down and look at a defense, figure out how to attack them and score on them off the jump, that's probably the – I think that's probably the hardest thing to do. So, if you check that box, I think that's that's a lot to get excited yeah. about. And if you check that box, you can play from ahead and you can run the damn ball with Chris right. Rodriguez. And so – right, because it's going to be – I mean, it's just going to be different than being an offensive coordinator at Kentucky is just different than the um, – I'm taking the NFL. It's, well, it's easier to run the ball, the ball point mm-hmm. blank. You know, if you're not playing Georgia, you, Kentucky's going to be able to run the ball on most people. Georgia and Zach Arnett at Mississippi yeah. State. Get so, him the hell out of there. So that 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 to me was, I think, the big thing. But they kind of stayed even. And so now, when you look at this next year, like, Ooh, I would say the one question, if you're going to have on all of these, it's just recruiting from the last half. Yeah, yeah, game. absolutely. That's that's the absolutely. biggest. Piece. Yeah, that, and, that's right. That's and, right. And you just had you you did just have your best recruiting class ever. It's pretty indisputable. I know you can get into uh, now that we're a part of a company that ranks teams. You get into pissing matches all the time over whether somebody should be X high or that. But the the saying "stars matter." I feel like the stars generally get it right. Like that's why, like on three consensus, it's the best one because. It's waiting all of them. Mm-hmm. So, you know that's their average over four different, um, four different sites, four different companies, and then, industry average. And you had um, in the last class sixty percent blue chip rate. Is that right? Yeah. So I mean, it was right, right at fifty percent, maybe a little bit over, but yeah. So you're you're going you were, you were going in the right direction. This is probably going to be a year where it's like, all right, keep the boat afloat. And as Gangarello said when he was asked about recruiting, it's kind of what Liam did, at least initially. Just be good at the portal. You know, if you can at least just sell guys on the portal, that's a third of your recruiting. Yeah, I mean, it's it's 
it's a total unknown with this recruiting stuff. Like, like you can make the argument Scott Woodward is what the second best recruiter on the staff right now behind Vince. Probably say he is. Yeah, I mean, you can make yeah. the argument. I'm not even saying he is. I'm saying you can make the argument. I think that's 100% definitive truth. <laughs> yeah, truth. Yeah. And who would have, oh, you know, think about a year ago. He was a QC a year ago. Yeah, Brad, Brad got those guys this year, but so. Yeah, I mean, I think it's, but, but I think that gets a conversation. To, but you used to have Summerall and you know, Plink not that long ago. Mm-hmm. and uh, So, like, know. Mike Stoops is probably going to figure something out. Yeah, I think he's going to be. Fine, good. He'll he'll get he'll get a few random big fish, and then Yenzer we'll see, obviously. But I mean, you know, I think the the wild card not at all is probably Scangarello. What can he bring to the table as a recruiter, um, as an offensive coordinator? What kind of success can he have recruiting quarterbacks? Can he have other? Because we saw Liam start to have some other success <laughs> recruiting receivers and whatnot. Sorry, I got some money on the Hoosiers. Like Hoosiers, fifty forty three. Yeah, they're, they're current, I get minus five. They're at seven now. But yeah, I think that's that's. We're in the, Indiana. We can place legal wagers. That's a huge question. But if you're just focusing on just on the field next season, I think whatever optimism or excitement you had um, before all this coaching churn happened, I think that can kind of remain the same. This is kind of my yeah. my viewpoint on the whole situation. Expectations should not be altered dramatically because you lost the coaches. Uh, like that's a very reasonable uh, outlook because I, I I think when I look at the I, I did like a radio hit I don't know it was a Saturday radio hit and they just wanted to bring up stuff and I was like well they, they asked me eight wins if you over under eight wins and I was like man eight is the eight's eight's the hard number because it's probably a push in all likelihood. Because getting that ninth one is tough, it depending just, on how good Tennessee and Mississippi State are. Yeah, because those are the two games that, when you have the big years, you got to at least be one of them. And you're on the road at Tennessee, Mississippi State's at home, but this is going to be the best Mississippi State team since the DAC team, probably. It could be, yeah. Like they, they they're going to be a preseason top fifteen team. Will Rogers is good, and that three three five is just it, it. It gives people fits. So. It's like you're prisoner of your schedule in college football. I mean, every year because of the limited number of games. So it, a lot of it depends on just like when you start when you start just talking about numbers, you know, how many wins. A lot of it just depends on what what the other dudes do happens on your schedule. You know, what if Tennessee, what if it's the same as they were last year? They're humming on offense, defense is average. But what if it's not what if the defense takes a huge step back and the offense People kind of adjust a little bit in the league to the yeah, offense. Yeah, they could end up stinking. Like last year, they were a pleasant surprise yeah. how improved they were. They could be, they could grow on it. They could be a lot worse. Mm-hmm. Spencer Rattler, who knows? Maybe he is awesome there. Like, right. you know. What if like Ole Miss, they're reloaded with a bunch of transfers, but they've got two new coordinators on both sides of the ball. What if that – They could like, just stink. That's a lot of moving parts. What if they just don't all hit? Right. They could like go down the drain a little bit. I mean, there's just you're just gonna have to play it as is. But you're right. Like eight's probably the number you feel, like. I think you now feel pretty good about. You know, I think we got a pretty good shot at going eight and four Outback Bowl, and then if things hit right. But the thing with Kentucky this year that they haven't had really ever. There was a one year Stephen Johnson, maybe that you could say this, but Kentucky's got a returning quarterback that they feel confident in. That's one of the better ones in the SEC. Just not according to Brad Crawford. So. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I mean, he's getting just, strays. No, yeah, yeah, and so that's that's the whole that's but, the whole but, wild but, card. Like draft, like Nick draft Twitter starting to find out about Levis a little bit. Yeah, from yeah. the Wandell Robinson tape, mm-hmm. people are digging into, and so that's gonna I think um, amp up the buzz a little bit. I wouldn't be surprised. I think we've talked about this, like when McShay or whoever, um, day after the draft's over. Writes up that first round mock for next year. I wouldn't be, like be surprised. Fifth or something, right? I wouldn't yeah. be surprised if Will Levis is twenty fourth to the, you know, whoever the 49ers or whoever. When the Trey Lance project fails. Well, I did. Yeah, that's probably a bad. I'm trying to think of a team that would make the playoffs with the back with the bad quarterback situation. The Buccaneers or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but and and I think to go back to the original point though is like, if we're talking about season big picture stuff, it's still. 
it's still the stuff we were talking about in mid-January when we thought all these dudes were coming back. Mm-hmm. Like, you got questions at tackle. You got some questions at cornerback. You got questions at wide receiver. You like the talent at wide receiver. It's got to prove itself. Spring practice starts Tuesday. And then I'm going to go back to my original point. We're going to beat this dead horse where these guys aren't relearning everything. They can just build on what they already know. A lot of it's on the coaches to just, like, don't get in the way. You know, they need to find some pieces. But Chris Rodriguez can run for 1,200 yards in a sleep. Will Levis is, like, ready for a huge season. Like, he sounds like he's pretty locked in. Like, he knows this is his, like, the year. Like, if he's going to make it to the NFL, this is it. Like, I need to go out and do it now. They've got, like, I mean, in, versatile it, weapons. Get Upshaw back, Cummings. Um, at receiver, Tavion Robinson's a prove-it piece. Javon Baker's coming in here in kind of a prove-it year. Like, there's guys here just don't – don't mess yeah, it up. Don't mess it up. Just get put. You got to put the right pieces in place. But there's there's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of the the chessboard's already built for the most part. Just you know, you just need to get on here and move pieces, a couple pieces around, and they're going to be in good shape. The thing that I wanted you to touch on because you wrote more about it specifically, but I think a a, a big piece of this is Scangarillo is a quarterback development angle where you know he said he's like yeah one of my first quarterbacks guy from UC Davis was it JT O'Daniel JT O'Sullivan JT O'Sullivan which is the that sounds like a dude that was the that, that was um, central casting for a Texas high school football movie or I, w- I was thinking he was um, Shane Falco's rival in the replacements JT O'Sullivan JT O'Sullivan's a very quarterback name but he spent a decade in the, in the NFL. Like he he has coached some guys that have have done well, and he talked about some of the traits that Levis has. That uh, I, I like that you you really pressed him on it too. Like it. that was some good journalism there. It's like, well, what are they? What does Levis do well? Yeah, I, I've been working on my follow up questions. <laughs> but yeah, it's just um, yeah, and I kind of dove into this today when we talked. You talked to Bailey Zappi for about ten minutes and. It was basically like, like basically he the, um, you asked me this question so I can tell this story. But basically, like Zappy broke all these records. Obviously, WKU last year had just a phenomenal football season. Like Bryce Young won the trophy, the Heisman Trophy, but no one had a better individual year than Zappy playing quarterback in college football last year. But he's not a you know even though all these air raid systems have kind of leaked in the NFL, it's still, like, you still have to have certain level of athleticism traits. Like, you got to be able, you got to be at somewhat of an athlete. Like, you can't just be a statue sick, in the pocket. Joe Flacco pocket statue quarterback anymore. You've got to have some type of pocket mobility. You've got to be able to move. You've got to be able to break, contain, and make secondary plays. When the play breaks down, off script, can you make plays happen? And I think that's one area Will Levis need, probably needs to get a lot better at. Um, that's one thing I'm going to be looking for him this year. When a play breaks down, can he scramble, find somebody open? And then you got to have the you know the arm talent to make some special type throws, um, to deliver the ball with ball placement, and then obviously the most important is processing and accuracy. Levis showed somewhat last year that he has some processing skills, um, that he has I think good enough accuracy right now. He's got a special arm, can make a lot of throws, and now it's just all going to be about. Like, he can run the ball and he can make people miss. Now it's going to be about, like, short area, like, managing the pocket, figuring out how to make people miss. But, yeah, for, for Scangarello, he said, you, you know, there's a few traits that you look for. And he didn't say Levis has all of them, but he said he's got some of them. Right. And so that's, a you know, and then when you got a quarterback that can – he called it above line, above line arm, which is pretty much like you need a quarterback that can make all these throws. It's the line is what I kind of took that as, and Levis is above that. Like he can make all those, but he can do it a little better than probably like whatever, league average or whatever. To your point about processing and ball placement, uh, he – Skangarillo said that he actually – you know, he watched college games here and there, and the first time he saw Levis throw was in that LSU game. He's like, oh, this guy's got it. And – I, when I went to like tweet that out, I was trying to find the highlight of it. But the pass, 
that Levis did a Juan Dale. Right. When he that was the po- that was kind of the off script. Mm-hmm. The pocket got muddied a little bit. He stepped to his left, I believe, one one left, and a half steps. Up. He he, he yeah. moved around quite a bit in the pocket. He never like broke the free and was scrambling. And then his feet weren't perfect, but he his arm kind of I mean, delivered a dart. It was a dart. It went over the D. I mean, it was in the perfect spot. The mm-hmm. one ball placement. The corner like of the we just zone. talked about right. It was such a great throw, and that's that's I think that's the kind of the the throw you'll see on a lot of those. Highlight tapes a year from now, and you know, hopefully, he has more of those. That was kind of his bounce back game after a rough Florida game. Yeah, you turn on the Georgia tape, you can see some of that progression stuff too. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that was probably his best. I would say pocket movement game, moving around, being comfortable in the pocket, sliding, stepping up, delivering the ball, throwing different arm angles. Um, so yeah, I mean, there's some there's some stuff there with Levis. Obviously, get 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 excited about. Um, and, I think that's part of the reason Scangarello's here. I mean, he said the little part about Yenzer being here was big, but I think the biggest one was having a guy like Levis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That he can kind of hitch his wagon to. Right, right. Rutgers just tied it. Here we go. The Scarlet Knights. Indiana minus five. They, they've been in all over that number all <laughs> night, dancing around it. Now they're going to go. They're going to blow. This thing's going down the free throws more than likely. And, and the thing is, too, that's sad like it, is like if Indiana doesn't win this game, they're not making the NCAA tournament. It's going to be close. Like this is a this is a win. It doesn't necessarily mean you're in, but it probably wrecks your – your bubble probably bursts here. Yeah, it's another quad two loss, I believe it would be at home. At home, too. Indiana. Just suck it, Hoosiers. March Madness is going to be pretty exciting. But like I said, spring football starts next Tuesday. Um, There's a couple – so it will be Tuesday, Thursday. We'll talk to Rich one more time and and some of the offensive players. And then on Thursday, we'll hear from Brad White and the defense. They take a week off. Uh, The spring game is April 9th. So the Saturday following the Final Four. Master Saturday. Master Saturday. Moving day at Augusta. And – Here's the thing, folks. They initially were planning on starting spring practice this week, and then the offensive coordinator thing changed happened. Mm-hmm. So they're doing a spring game and then having three practices afterwards. Yeah. I, one thing I really want to get into before we, we can get on to some draft stuff, wide zone. Like we heard, That's what we were expecting mm-hmm. this time last year, all offseason. Yep. Didn't see it a whole lot. And then Yenzer talking about it. How it's kind of like what they do. It's based off everything. You said two to one ratio yeah. outside zone to inside zone. That's that's what I want to. That's really what I'm going to watch for. I guess in the spring and then when the first few games get here this year, how committed are they to it? What happens if they're not really successful with it? Because I think that was one of the best things Cohen did was probably scrap that early yeah. and just go with what they were good at, what they knew. Chris Chris can run this. Let's just stick to what Chris is good at. Right. And well, then blocking it too. Um, let's just get a double team here with Kennard and right, right, whoever's mow, at right mow the guard. bastards down, right? Um, so yeah, that's going to be something I'm going to be interested uh, in following um, early. So it seems like they're super committed to it, and I would like, like obviously, we want to see more of that because that's that's going to open up the boot game, the play action game, even better if they can do that. Uh, let's talk a little combine. Wondell Robinson was. Kentucky's only player there today it was receivers, tight ends, and quarterbacks. Um, you mentioned Zappy. Big Bailey Zappy fan. Really want him to do well. Um, because this quarterback class is kind of ho-hum. You're going to end up rolling the dice on some of these guys no matter what. Um, Zappy was bigger than I thought. And he also had some pretty – like I, I liked it. He was definitely armed there with ammunition against – you know, spread, gimmick, blah, 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 blah. Like, he, he was ready to talk against that mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. Um, and he's also just like a Texas-ass quarterback. You oh, know yeah, he's I mean? got a straight-up Texas accent. Yeah, yeah. I love it. Uh, tops on top, T-O-P-S, top, stop, stops. He had some fun throws, some big throws in that bowl game against uh, – it was UTSA, right? Or was that the – UTSA was a conference title game. App State, they That's, smashed in the bowl game. Yeah, Boca Raton yeah. Bowl, I believe. Um uh, but fun quarterback, really looking forward to following him along. Brock Purdy, what Brock Purdy, whatever you think of him, that's exactly how he is. He just he is a Brock Purdy. 
to a T. Kind of boring. I forgot that he was even still around. Not going to lie. Yeah, he's there a long time. Malik Willis, I don't really believe in. Kenny Pickett, who he might be the Steelers quarterback. And you all know. Pickett's the – yeah, it's kind of smelling like – feel like he's the guy. Everybody's trying to be like, all right, I guess this is the guy we're all jumping on. But he doesn't he doesn't look at it's got weird hair. Weird he's, haircut. He's just got a weird mustache. He's just got he's got some hipster vibes that I just I don't know. The sale with Pickett is high floor, low ceiling. So it's like he could come in and start for you next year. He could probably get you to the playoffs, but asking for any and then maybe we'll see. But asking for any more of that's gonna be hard. Whereas oh. like Malik Willis has got a very low floor, I think. But he's probably got the highest ceiling of any of these quarterbacks. If he puts it together. Yeah. Because he's got, like like we talked about, the movement skills, secondary playmaking ability. Rocket arm. Big arm, can stretch it vertically. I really want Matt Corral to do well. Yeah. that That's the one, like, I don't I just don't know. Because he is, like, kind of small. Mm-hmm. I think durability is going to be a big thing for him here in the NFL. Like, running, I hate, running the ball was a huge part of his game. Huge at part. At almost, yeah. Ole Miss. Um, when things weren't. He wasn't sitting there through progressions, three, four, five, bounce, bounce, sit, sit. It was more just one, two and a half, move around, go. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of the worry um, there. I mean, he can throw the ball. He doesn't have the greatest arm. He can stretch it vertically, but it's not the greatest arm. Um, but he does make – he does – he can put the ball in some tough places that a lot of quarterbacks can't. But there is, there is some big concerns with him. But, like, it's just – the quarterback's just – like, the biggest – Buzz thing today, I think for me, was just like it's just very blah. They kind of stink. Yeah, no one's saying it, but right, the class, the quarterback class stinks. It journalists are trying to get them. Well, to they're say, throwing, we well, they're, do, they we actually don't stink. They're throwing them in the big boards, obviously, because in but even Daniel Jeremiah had Pickett all the way down at like twenty six or something, and if he's at twenty six, that's probably he's more realistically probably forty two. You know, they have to have a quarterback in there. Right. But, well, and, and they will still probably get two, three taken in the first round, probably. Yeah. And just I mean, if you're, a, if you're a team that don't need a quarterback, you're just like, all right, that's going to create value for you early in the draft. Yeah, that's true. Um, and tomorrow we're hearing from the big uglies, a lot of, a lot of offensive linemen that are, if you need one, you got plenty to choose from. Yeah, uh, and it's pretty balanced too between guard and tackle. Um, obviously, I think like the tackles early usually how it, how that goes. Mm-hmm. Um, Evan Neal or the kid from NC State, Iki Iguano, could go number one overall to the Jags. Charles Cross from Mississippi. Charles State. Cross is really good. good. I really like him. He's going to be a top ten pick. Um, that Trevor Penning at Northern Iowa was pretty big at the Senior Bowl. He's fun. Oh, yeah. oh he'll, he'll be a top be a fu- twenty pick. I want to see just how large he is in person. Right, because I mean his his was. Like length and an alarm length. Yeah, he's like because he's he's wingspan. like the dude for the Patriots that's like six nine or whatever. Yeah, I mean yeah. I think he's legit six six, but he probably looks six nine with how long, just how long he right, is. Right, right. And he they, he plays with like a big like nasty streak. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I mean that, that's good. But then you look at guard, like I think there's a lot to like, especially in the second round. If you need a guard, Darren Kennard is going to be in that mix. Um, so I'm inter- I'm hoping Kennard gives us something about the teams talking to him because I'm very interested to see if like some of these outside zone teams, Nick, like the mm-hmm. 49ers, the Rams, the Bengals, the Browns, um, teams that stick with that system. Now the Vikings are 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 they interested in them, or is it more like teams that maybe more gap scheme, like the Ravens, mm-hmm. um, teams like that are more in on him. That's gonna be a something I'm going to be really looking forward to if he can give us something on that because then we can kind of figure out who he's going to go to in the second round. And uh, Indiana is trying to pull Nick home here. 56, 54, oh, man. Yeah. 307 left. We just got like Rutgers dude just like flopped and so they called a foul on the Rutgers guy. It was, it was a very bizarre sequence of events. Um, well, weird. Uh, I'm, like, were you, you – we watched Bench Press last time down here, right? No, we left right before it was going on, but we need to go watch it tomorrow. Yeah. We got quarterbacks, re- receivers. We need to go watch. There's very few of them are doing it. Tight end. Like, we need to watch the tight ends pump the iron tomorrow. Yo, we, we need to. I really want to see the dude uh, from Michigan State. The 
Connor Hayward. Yeah, I want to see Hayward bench press. But it's it's fun, just the environment, the energy in there. A lot of guys don't do it, though, because injury and, like, how much does it really help? You know. Yeah, Desmond Ritter said today, Cincinnati quarterback, he's doing everything except bench, bench. press. That's, and that's how it is. For, for Ritter, the same. Uh, shout out to St. X alum. Oh, God. Tomorrow's a big day for him, throwing. Because if he has a really good day throwing the football, that can kind of – jump him up a little bit. Because the question with him is accuracy, ball placement. Mm -hmm. Because he can kind of do some of the ad-lib stuff you like to do. He's got some pretty good arm strength. He's played in kind of a more pro-style system. He's played a lot of football. But it's the the accuracy and the throwing, that's a worry. If he can do that tomorrow, like he's a guy, I think. If he has a big throwing day and maybe if he throws at Cincinnati, Mm -hmm. makes guys, makes teams look at him a little different, he's a guy I think could – have a chance to maybe sneak in the first round. If he doesn't throw well, he's probably going to be late second, early third round pick. Yeah, I, uh, I'm i cheering for him, but suck at say next. <laughs> suck at say next. Yeah. Uh, Wondell, he, uh, you know, he's talked to a lot of teams, but his only formal interview up to this point so far has been the New England Patriots. They are – Mac Jones, Wondell finally get to play together. <laughs> but uh, from what I understand, the Patriots, they're, they're taking a wide receiver at some point in this draft. Yeah, but they don't. They need like a true number one outside receiver, right? So uh, um, it, Jacoby Myers played out of the slot. I mean, he's getting like his contract getting up there. So maybe, yeah, the third fourth round if Wondell's there, I could see them definitely being interested because they do want to give Mac Jones some pieces. some weapons. Yeah, some people to actually throw to. Um, but Wondell talked at length about how how far ahead he is. I mean, it's kind of like what Luke told us a few weeks ago. Damn you, Rutgers. Geo Baker from the wing. Huge three. They've got the lead with two minutes to go. Um, but like how Luke said, he felt far ahead in the senior boat. Wyandale's like, you know, they might call things different terminology, but the concepts are the same when they're picking your brains in this meeting. And what I also find fascinating too, I don't know how much of it is a media fabrication and how much of it they're just asking his comfortability with it, but – the weakness in Wandell's game is now kind of a strength. He didn't. He wanted to get away from Rutgers to get away from the running back label. Well, now, hey, I can carry it ten times a game for you. Like that's that's something that teams like, and you get the Debo Samuel thing thrown around a lot. Cordero Patterson, he's kind of bounced back and forth between both of them. They're, they're comparing the wrong player. Like, like Wandell did that, but the guy that could do that is Traylon Burks at Arkansas. 6'3", 225, played primarily primarily in the slot. Um, but he's going to run a ridiculous 40 time. He's going to test athletically crazy. He's got – he wears four XL gloves. Well, that's like Debo. Debo was, what, like 15th pick or something? Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, he was second round. He was middle of second Debo round. Debo fell the second? Mm-hmm. So, that's who – that's he got his ass kicked so much by Kentucky. That is the comparison to Debo as well, Traylon Burks. You heard it here first, folks. How fast do we think Wondell's 40 is going to be? That's what I'm interested in. I have no idea what it is because I feel like really, he's a football speed guy. The really, the real why I haven't been like more big on like Wandell. Wandell's going to be early second. Um, it's because that top end speed is just not there. He gets, he got caught how many times in the five yard line? Right, and that's a concern at that position. Like uh, obviously playing primarily primarily in the slot, like the shuttles are going to be important there. But but when you turn on the tape, you've seen him get caught a few times when you would. Like to see him hit an extra gear. Yeah, I, I'm thinking like four five two, something like that. Maybe four four nine. Yeah, four five two sounds about right. Yeah, but I think he's gonna kick ass in like the three cone drill and all that right. Stuff. Yeah. And like the, yeah, yeah. And I'll be interested to see like his his ten yard is gonna be really good. Yeah, and his short shuttle and all that sort of stuff. So, uh, re- really cheering for Wondell. He had some great quotes too, thanking the Kentucky fans for just an amazing year. Um, you can check all those out at KentuckySportsRadio.com, uh, but it, th- he's the one. He's the one that everybody's gonna be watching on the field tomorrow. From the interview room, we're gonna be talking to the big uglies on the offensive line. In a is it, eight a.m. sharp. Is it just offensive linemen tomorrow for us? Uh, and running backs, but yeah, I don't. Yeah, I think it's just offensive line and running backs, and we get defensive line. Yeah, yeah that's the following day. Mm-hmm, that's right. Uh, and LB. So. Yeah, got, should, should be a good time. Like it, I we'll, we'll have more to discuss from the 
the odds and ends of it. We'll save that for tomorrow because mm-hmm. I, I, I'm, I'm fascinated by the fashion. Tomorrow's a, the tomorrow, eclectic group of journalists there. First day is just kind of – Get your toes wet. Yeah, they put quarterbacks there. Um, it gets get a more more of a rhythm. Feet under you here this, this next day. There was also – it was it, the, the reason why Indy has held this for so long – is because the setup downtown is very convenient for all parties involved. Yeah, it's they awesome. Keep, they keep things moving pretty well. They did not have things moving very well this morning. Like, dudes just complete, just no showing for interviews, and then showing up for you know an hour later. It, it was a weird, weird, uh, unusual day. Maybe you know it's been a while. They're a little mm-hmm. rusty. They took a year off for COVID. Just getting back into motion. Mm-hmm. Guy missed Jahan Dotson was late. Penn State guy, and I was there to uh, I was not, there to go talk to him too. I waited for thirty minutes for the guy to share with our uh, what's the, what's our on three Penn State site? Is it We Are Penn State? Blue White Illustrated. Blue White Illustrated. I was trying to get a video for him, and he he no showed for the thirty mm-hmm. hour, thirty minutes an hour. But Penn State man, every draft season, Nick, they've got these freaks. Micah Parsons. Micah Parsons. Saquon Barkley. The, oh, the, oh, Saquon. Um, the rusher. The guy, the edge rusher at Baltimore. Yeah. Um, he changed his name. Um, I can't, so the last name starts with an O. Oway. It was Jason Oway. Now it's uh, Odafe Oway, I think. Gotcha. Um, and then this year, like, Dotson's probably going to have a freaky 40 time. And they even had K.J. Hamler ran a big, like, was a big speedster. Mm-hmm. Um, they've got that edge rusher, Arnold Arnold E.B. Ibikike, I think his name is, and then they got another edge rusher, Jason Lucada. They're both going to test out the at the wazoo, out the wazoo. So I don't know what James Franklin's doing, but he gets some like freaks up in there. Got the strength coaches, man. Yeah, Getting so after shout, it. shout out to that their 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 strength and conditioning staff because those dudes come out and they are they they put up some big combine numbers. And shout out to y'all for listening to us. You're not going to be around for the final of the Indiana game, but they surely won't cover. I need overtime at this point. Damn Hoosiers. But, hey, we're in Indiana. We can bet. We're going to win by two just to spite you. Oh, yeah. It's legal here. Um, what isn't legal, though, you can't buy cold beer at a gas station. Dumbest state law of all <laughs> the state laws. So stupid. But we're going to have a little bit more fun. Uh, we'll be back at the Combine Thursday morning. We'll have another podcast for y'all tomorrow afternoon. And we might be a little hungover Friday whenever we're talking to Josh Pascal. Can't Maybe. wait. Hey, we're built different. We'll, we'll be able to get through. Is it really a Friday if you're not a little hungover at work? <laughs> I don't think so, Tim. Thank you all so much for listening. For Adam Luck and I'm Nick Garage. Go Cats. Go Krogering. We'll see you all tomorrow.